Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the chips in the PC. It is Saturday, the 11th day of February, Anno Domini 2023. Yes, that's right. It's National Clean Out Your Computer Day. And you, you lucky people, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at nine minutes after the hour, we are going to be bringing you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose. Kick off your shoes, don't get the blues. Here comes the news. <laughs> Also, this is very low. No wonder it was up so high before. What number are you? I don't know. One. One, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what? Doesn't matter. Um, I'll read He's co- becoming to- number two now. Yeah, you won't hear it until somebody else starts talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Artificial intelligence, or AI, is everywhere, it seems. This week, Microsoft announced that it will be adding chat GPT-like capabilities to its search engine, Bing. Almost immediately, in Apple's U.S. App Store, Bing surged from relative obscurity to the number 12 spot among all free iPhone apps, and the Edge browser is number is now the number three utility app. Globally, the Bing app has seen a tenfold increase in downloads, and Microsoft stock got a big bump after the announcement. All this indicates there's sizable consumer demand for these new AI experiences, and users are even potentially willing to try new search engines and other browsers in order to gain access. But while the new version, Bing, has now technically launched, it's still in a limited preview for the time being. Users who want to try out the new AI features have to first join a wait list. Microsoft said that, and I quote, millions of users, unquote, will be invited, uh, end quote, excuse me, will be invited from the wait list over the next few weeks. In retaliation, Google announced their own AI integration named BARD, which to give Apple uh, Google their due, has been in development for a very long time. This chatbot AI project has been in the works oh, for some time. There it is. Um, I, I apparently wrote it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wrote it yesterday. I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> Powered by Google's language model for dialogue ag- applications, or Lambda, uh, language model for dialogue applications, BARD is an experimental conversational AI service for Google Search. It will be available, and again I quote, soon. Understandable, the first demo didn't go as well as Sundar Pinchai had hoped, and that's a separate story. Google's going, uh, not a news story they have here, but just in general a story. Google's going to have to go big on this one. Bing will allow for complex searches that can help with things like planning a trip itinerary or researching a television to buy. Microsoft said that users can refine their searches by asking for more details, clarity, and ideas. Bing is also able to perform creative tasks like writing an email, creating a quiz for trivia night, and prepping for a job interview and more. Uh, Very much like ChatGPT itself. I mean, you can do that now with, with that. Edge will do things like summarize reports and provide key information, create comparisons between companies and products, and compose content when provided a prompt. It can take into account tone, format, and length of instruction. Of course, there's already attack on Bing's AI engine. Of course there is, but we're going to see more and more of this stuff as we go. It looks like AI is the next tech frontier. So our poll of the week, 
It's soundbites.org. That's Bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is are you ready for AI? And your choices are, bring it on. It's going to do my work for me, right? I'm willing to give it a try. Um, you go first. Nope, 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 nope. A what now? And of course, none of the above. And, of course, you can give us a call. We're live, probably. 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299 or toll-free 800-790-0415. There's already 47 votes in the poll. Bring It On is optimistically in the lead, followed by nope, 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 nope. (laughs) Uh, I am so ticked off at Windows right now. Uh, I told you I had one computer that I couldn't shut off the stupid voice. Yeah. Because they keep saying, go to narrator and turn it off there. No, it's already turned off. Now, another one of my machines did a GD upgrade. (laughs) Gosh darn thing. And now that stupid thing's talking. And all it's, it did was the update. It's an added feature, yeah. Yeah, and you, it, they said, well, you can turn it on and turn it off. Just, you know, go into narrator. Narrator's already off. I can't find where they hid or what they changed that now when I open up another program, it's like visually impaired people. It's talking to me. You're now going to shut this program down. Exit. No, I don't want to hear it. Somewhere but, else, there must be a screen reader function. Yeah, screen. Well, I've done screen readers and you know speech and everything else. And nope, 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 nope. interesting. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. nope, nope. <coughs> so just hit mute. I, that's what I do. I turn them. Yeah. I turn the speakers off. That's the easiest thing, so I don't have to hear the stupid thing. Yeah, but yeah, they buried it somewhere in the registry. Or it's in Microsoft Office. Are you using Office nope. online? Oh, nope. The, the, no. Okay, that was the wrong question. Is Office Online using itself somewhere in your background? <laughs> nope. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Nope. Never installed Office. Never want it. Never will. Right. I have been uh, Google Docs and uh, that for how many years? I, it's you don't be about- still have JAWS on your computer. I never did. Okay. Yeah, but no, I've installed it on other people's machines. So, yeah, I know all about JAWS and getting it to speech and setting up the hotkeys and all that. I'm very familiar with that stuff. But uh, it's more or less like they've put in JAWS, just like they have the the magnifier that you can uh, do hotkeys to all of a sudden for visually impaired folks. Uh, If folks didn't realize this. You can uh, set up hotkeys to uh, magnify mm-hmm. stuff. So for visually impaired people, they can read text even bigger on the fly. Right, right, right. There's a key combination. Um, control, enter. Control, enter, yeah. yeah, yeah. W- Windows, control, and enter. You don't yep. have something sitting on your keyboard. Nope. Nope. Just my right. fingers when I'm typing. Crazy. Do you own a shotgun? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a place in town where you can do that, and I forget what it's called and where it is, but you can go there, and uh, if somebody knows, give us a call, where you can go there, and it, it, it's a it's a shooting range. Okay. And you can shoot technology, among other things. <laughs> smash, smash Room or Smash Therapy. I smash Jefferson Road. 
There you go. Well, they uh, smash, so we got to see you know, if they a, have one a, that shoots. Yeah, there's one that shoots as well. I smash on Jefferson Road lets you use what uh, sledgehammers, sledgehammers, and, stuff. and yeah, yeah, which which viscerally may be. Oh, oh I've already got a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. That's back from the days when we used to uh, people wanted us to destroy hard drives. Right. No problem because we had the stump. Yep. And we have a long, uh, big uh, sledgehammer. Yeah. And Dan and I would take wax at it. That's the way Boom. it works. That's the way it works. There so, was, yeah. So years ago, um, we had a customer that called and said uh, um, uh, there were lines on, her, on the screen. Okay. Did you tr- try a new monitor? Yeah. So, okay, it's not the monitor. It must be a video card. They're in Brockport, an hour and a half drive of course. from Victor. So we, we order a new video card, take it out to them. Um, they're not lines on the screen. They're uh, uh, boxes surrounding words. Uh. And I turn the volume up, and the words are being spoken. And so, well, well, didn't you notice it was speaking the words around the boxes, not lines? They said, well, yeah, but I just muted it. They had the, the voice over turned on, didn't need right. a new video card. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you you know, that's yep. three hours uh, that you why, can charge them for. Why are IT people so so testy? Because I just drove three hours to flip a switch that three separate people assured me was already flipped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. But you know what? If you want to pay for my time, yeah, I'm perfectly happy to take. Well, the I did the same thing with this this one gentleman all oh, way back years ago, and we repaired his computer and ran out there and um, you know turned it all on in that form and you know showed him run. And shut. He says, "All right, well, go ahead. Please shut it down." So I went down and shut it down. That's back when they had the side switch. Oh yeah, the big red switch. Red switch. I turned that off. Come on back. And all of a sudden, maybe an hour later, I thought you said you fixed this. Yeah, we did. I showed you that. Well, it's not turning on. Uh, did you turn all the switches back on? Yes, I know how to turn it on. You sure? Walked him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even as him, the big, the red switch and everything else, the switch on the side turned on. I didn't say red switch. I just said switch on the side. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. And uh, I thought, all right, I'll go back. And I had to drive all the way back down past Rush. Yep. To go in there. And he had these one of these uh, control centers sitting on top. Oh, yeah. And he had all the buttons on that turned on. He said, see, it's not working. I looked around on the side, Flip hit the, the switch. switch on the side. I yep. says, I asked you if you turn this on. Oh, turn it on. All of a sudden, everything came out. You know, yeah. I billed him for it. And he paid it. Darn right yeah, he won. Darn right he did. Well, it that one... Took a little while because, oh, well, I shouldn't have to. I, I called and you called me and I talked you through it. And you said yes and, and uh, kept complaining that I didn't do it. So, not right. my fault. Right. I can't, you know, explain your stupidity. <laughs> it's that. Uh, not a good segue, but let's go to Mark. From Greece, New York. Let's Hi, Mark. Let's see if we can explain Hi, his stupidity. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry about the segue there, Mark. That's no problem. Uh, question for you. For a long while now, my computer, when it boots, it takes um, at least 20 seconds for the 
Okay, what uh, what computer do you what, who? Hi, how are you? <laughs> what model computer do you have? Who made it? Oh, it's, it was made locally. It's an it's an Asus uh, motherboard. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so what you see is a black screen for about twenty seconds until that happens. Yeah, it, it says you know it has the Asus you know logo right, and it, and it tells you how to enter the UEFI right, um, but. It just, it doesn't, it takes 20 seconds for it to post, no matter what I set it to in the BIOS. You're not overclocking it, are you? No, it's all set to auto. Okay. You know, everything's set to, you know, auto standard. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing any of that fancy stuff. Do you have any USB devices plugged in? Yeah. I've got a couple hard drives and a printer. Try it without the hard drives. Yeah. I have heard reports that... With a USB hard drive plugged in, Windows thinks it's trying to boot from it, or it's trying to interrogate the Wait, USB bus. Before, I'm doing a timeout. Yeah, before right. the before USB is is ready yet, but there's something in there and that's confusing it. The other okay. thing is to check the uh, um, startup order of your devices. I did do that. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 set to the uh, MVME drive that's in there. Yeah, I think it's what Steve yeah. is saying. It's it it's uh, thinking that it's got a uh, it sees that other drive. It is trying to wait for it to time out, and that's where you're uh, you're getting the the lag. It's it's okay. got a timeout there before it kicks into the main drive. Okay, I'll give that a try. Give it a shot. All right, let us know. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye bye. Yep. Yeah, um, often, yeah, I've had, I've had machines that just take forever. I, I had one that was, um, that was a Dell, which is why I asked. And the motherboard just refused to not try to boot a RAID array before it did anything else. There was nothing I could do to change that. And that took one. almost a minute before it finally said, yeah, okay, you, Time's you don't have a RAID array. Okay. Uh, but there was just nothing mm-hmm. you could do to change that. There was nothing in the BIOS <laughs> that let you change that. It it turned out that 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 model had no way to change it. Mm-hmm. The the newer models first checked to see if there was a RAID controller. If there was, it would boot from the RAID. But if there wasn't, it would move on. But that model BIOS did not. So an update to the BIOS fixed that. <laughs> but it was a minute. I mean, in yeah, a, yeah. A, a minute and more before it finally decided. Okay, no raid array. Let's move on. You know that's that seems funny. Now you know how we're sitting there talking. It's taking twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah. And I, can, I can remember back in the day, we could turn a computer on, go get coffee, exactly, chat <laughs> with some people, come back, sit down, get comfortable. Wait a couple seconds, and then the screen came up that I booted. Instant gratification isn't fast enough anymore. It's yeah, just no. the way it is. We get we get complacent. You know, I've got, I've got a, a Chromebook uh, and, and this machine, because it's got an SSD in it, and it's running Linux, 
Boots up in less than eight seconds. It's eight seconds too long. And that's eight seconds too long. It's like you open up and think, the hell? Yeah. Oh, okay. We used to go out of our way to not need to reboot the computer because it took so long to boot. Right. Right. That's, um, why, that's probably initially why we just left them on all the time because we didn't want to have to take the time to reboot. And yep. then, then when the energy usage started becoming more of an issue, all right, we'll turn the monitor off, but I'm, I'm not turning that computer off. It just takes too long to turn back on. Yep. Uh, yeah, and and uh, I used to do that. In fact, I do that here. Well, in the morning, I set this thing up at home while I'm eating breakfast, and then I just close the lid. It goes to sleep. I bring it in here. I open it up. Boom, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But, you know, and that saves me eight seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, good for me. Back to the phones. Our next caller is Tim from Brockport, New York. What's up, Tim? Hey, guys. Love the program. Thank you. Hey, quick quick question. Uh, it's more of a purchasing question. I'm not sure you can answer, but um, I have a Samsung Chromebook. Love it. It's great for watching, like, ESPN Plus games, stuff like that. But it's really lacking in, like, Microsoft Office programs. So sending an email, Word, Excel, all that. Is there a recommendation of a cheap laptop with like a USB-C port so I can like project to a projector as well but also that has like the full suite of, of Office. Um, yes Why do you and need no. Office? Well, yes and no. Right? Um, and, and Dave is exactly right. Um, if you're looking, it depends on what you do with Office. Alright? If you're like 99% of people um, even with your Chromebook, you could use uh, Google Docs. Or tough, yeah, I've tried that, but it's tough to send. Like, so I do a newsletter every week, yeah, and try to get it like into Gmail is just such a pain. So I'm wondering if there's an easier way to like use some type of email program and do a, an easy newsletter. And sometimes I have to do Excel spreadsheets for like you know sending out just. Simple spreadsheet. Well, most of the time, you'd crazy. save them as a PDF and then send the PDF. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, if, like a, so what you're saying is, okay. Look, first, um, um, Google's Docs and Sheets and everything else will both read and write Microsoft Office format documents. And Microsoft has their free online programs too. And Microsoft has their free version online, so you could try using that. Uh, it, it, through, through my current Chromebook. Through your Chromebook. Yeah. All you have to do is, oh. is log on to whatever it is. I, I have it somewhere here, as a matter of fact, but I can't find it now. But there is a, a, a 365 online or something. Yeah, I'll find it. Yeah, Steve's <laughs> going to find it and post a link. But Microsoft does have an online version of Microsoft Office. It is not complete. All right, so there are some fairly high-end things you can't do. But if you're writing newsletters and, and generalized regular spreadsheets, uh, you can do all of those right from your Chromebook without spending any money. That said, um, there are lots of places. In fact, I was just telling these guys, um, I go to Woot a lot, W-O-O-T dot com, Woot dot com. And if you've never heard of it, I'm sorry to be the one to, to get you involved in it. Um, it, it uh, they, do, they do daily deals. Um, and last week, they had refurbished laptops, and the refurbished comes with a 90-day warranty, and you can buy a two-year warranty for 29 bucks, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I just ordered a new laptop there, 
Um, and it comes with Windows, I think 10, doesn't matter to me, I'm going to put Linux on it, but, uh, it comes with Windows and, and all the yada yada, and it was an i7, 16 gig of RAM, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you can find inexpensive laptops if you're willing to go refurbished. I wouldn't buy a cheap laptop because okay. most of them are just not going to give you satisfactory response time. They're just... Okay too underpowered uh so but I have my, the laptop i'm using now when i do send all this and please don't laugh out loud at no me. hold on you gotta uh, sorry hold me. on hold on you gotta stay on the line we gotta take a break i got you okay we're gonna take a quick break we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with dave enright steve ray me nick francesco tim from brockport and you it is 29 minutes after the hour you are listening to the longest running computer show in the known universe that would be sound bites right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that with your support, we continue to be member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. Online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 35 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites, and Tim from Brockport is still on the line. So what's this uh, computer we're not laughing at, Tim? Well, I mean, it's a Samsung Chromebook, but the other, uh, the old one I use is a 17-inch uh, Windows 98. It's still uh. functioning, love it. It honestly is a dinosaur, but it, it's like the most hardy laptop i've ever had i mean yeah. it's essentially a desktop in a laptop it's huge heavy yep. all that but i love it and that works but i'm trying to you know downsize a little bit and trying to make everything that works there work on my chromebook but um so i have not checked out those apps i'm gonna have to actually you know look for that app and and see if that works any better than what i currently have well and and then one of the problems you're probably running into is is if you're trying to paste a a formatted newsletter into a mail window it's not going to work because mail only does basically seven-bit text. Um, if you if you send a rich message, then you can sometimes do uh, bold and underlined and things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to do a formatted newsletter, um, you'll you'll most likely need to save as a PDF and then attach the PDF to the message, yeah. and then the person um, can can see that fully formatted newsletter at the other end. Could I embed, like, videos and stuff, like games? So I'm doing this for the Rochester Nighthawks. Mm-hmm. I, I run the fan club, and I'm trying to, like, embed, like, goals of the game and stuff like that in, like, a video. Would that be possible? Um, yeah. You, I know you can do graphics. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can do uh, embed videos in a yeah, PDF. Yeah, you should be able to. But, okay. again, but the then, key is is doing it in the PDF format because, like Steve was saying, anything else you try to uh, copy and paste it as far as uh, an email – uh, you're going to lose all formatting. Yeah. Okay. Right. It may almost be better okay. to do it as a as a well. You can do it as, as an HTML email, which is basically yeah, sending a web page through the email. That's but that's really that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So two more quick questions. Uh, one one question and one trivia for you guys. Uh, the other question is: What is is there a good package out there for podcasting? Mic mixer webcam. Um, <laughs> we have one in our office, and I can't remember the name of it. Pod Pod Station. Are you looking for software or the whole sh- schmear? Hardware. hardware. Yeah. Uh, hardware for podcasting. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, Steve's looking that up. He okay. Shop has yeah, it. But, question for you guys while yeah. you're looking that up. 
what is happening before the Super Bowl this year that has never happened before in involving the flyover? Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool, actually, isn't it? I mean, 2023, it's pretty sad that that's a major footnote. But Right, right. It's suddenly know, a thing in cool. 2023. But you're right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a milestone, and it took until 2023 to get it. That's terrible. Yep. I'm not giving it away, oh. but it's terrible. Oh, come on. All right. Uh, all five of the pilots for the flyover are female. First and time. The first, the first F-35C right. directly trained. The first woman ever directly trained. She never flew another jet. She right. only trained the F-35C, which is brand new to the Navy. Right. Air Force has had it forever, but it's brand new to the Navy. I thought that was really cool, and I really hope they you know promote it. Yep. Yep. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. Good well, trivia, Tim. Well, I it heard also him. talk about trivia. One of the pilots, the female pilots, they were all going to almost try to flunk her in getting her certification, and it was all due to network. Yeah. It was all due to Morse code because she oh. sat sat there and the, uh, they were doing, um, you know, in, uh, listening to the Morse code. And yep. uh, one of the other guys, well, you didn't write it down, so, we're, you, you know, you failed that part. She goes, why Why do I have to write it down? I know what he said. Yep. Well, yep. how can you know that? I grew up with my dad. He was a ham operator, and yep. I can do uh, 18 words a minute. So they exactly. didn't believe her, so they sent some code, and she wrote it right on down. And he goes, well, she passes. Yep. Mm-hmm. But she We're almost pa- kid, uh, didn't get her license. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, didn't get her license because she didn't write the code down. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, yeah. There you know, whatever they can do to flunk you, they'll do it. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's the <laughs> meme going around now with the uh, with the F-35 with a balloon stamped on him for enemy yeah. shot down. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's the first air-to-air combat in 30 years, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was F-22. Well, yeah, combat is was a bit it a of a stretch. Yeah. Well, yeah. And a $5 billion aircraft to shoot down a you know, $10,000 yeah. balloon. Why not? Yeah, right, right, exactly. All right, thanks, Tim. So, any any news on the hardware for the podcast? I, oh, I posted a couple of links. Um, there are there are decent mics. You know, the Yeti mic is like a hundred bucks. Uh, there are really good mics. The High LPR forty is a really popular mic, but that's like five hundred. Um, okay. What are we using here? This is a Shure. I think. Yeah. Yeah, an, an Electra Voice. I think we looked this one up, and it was almost. Oh, I saw Electra Voice. Electra Voice is based right here in Parrington. Just you know. Yep, it's owned really? by Bosch, but we're based out of uh, Parrington. Cool. Our headquarters are in there Parrington you go. for Bosch. And I use a um, um, a, ch- a really cheap. It was ten bucks, uh, a quarter inch to USB uh, adapter, and inside the tiny USB connector is the computer converting the signals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to use a, yeah, a, I don't a even big need a mixer then. Yeah, you can use your computer as a mixer. Um, and, uh, and so, and I, I plug into the mixing board of this, of the radio station, but you can plug in, uh, a mixer if you're going to have multiple, um, uh, microphones. There are also XLR to USB adapters, um, that let you plug, uh, mics directly in. Some mics will come with USB, um, connectors so they can plug into your computer directly. Um, but, uh, I had a, um, a, um, uh, Roland, um, RCA to USB adapter I used for a while, and then the, the cable started getting wonky. Yeah, so wonky. yeah, 
from getting getting wound oh, yeah. up and stretched. I didn't even know you could go because uh, I can I can get an electric voice. Obviously, I work for them, but I can get an XLR to do uh, to the computer. I didn't know that. I didn't know they made cables that, that converted to a USB. And who are you doing this for? You said so. I, Nighthawks. I Nighthawks. Oh, Nighthawks. Yeah, Rochester Nighthawks. Yeah. So, which we play tonight, at seven o'clock against Halifax. Tickets still available. <laughs> nice. Oh, listen, Tim, do me a favor. Email me a way to get hold of you because I got something I need to say to you. Absolutely. I will. I thank you guys so much for your program. I really loved it. I've loved it for years now. Thank you, Tim. Have thank fun. You. Thanks. Yep. Uh, and you, of course, can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299 and toll free, 800-790-0415. For those of you outside the 585 calling area. Uh, and in the meantime, I will read the next email uh, here. Uh, no, news item, I mean. Um, Google has launched the latest security patch for the Pixel phones while also revealing which loopholes and bugs are fixed for all Android phones this month. In addition to a Pixel 7 exclusive solution for clear calling instability, Google is rolling out fixes for touch issues with Braille keyboards and work profile calendars failing to update. The uh, company also mentioned a fix for Bluetooth connections with certain devices or accessories, which could help drivers who have been unable to pair their phones to their car's stereo system for the past month. That said, Google's language uh, about it is pretty vague, so make sure you test your connection once you've updated. The February patch is rolling out to all currently supported Google phones now, starting with the Pixel 4a and 4a 5G, all the way up to the Pixel 7 series and the Pixel 6a. The update is also available on the Pixel 4 and 4XL, which received their last guaranteed software release in October of 2022. As usual, Google is pushing the current patch as one last release to fix lingering bugs and issues before those devices are fully discontinued. The Pixel 3a and older phones are no longer supported as they've already received three years of OS and security updates. The 3a series received its last update in September of 2022. Phones from other manufacturers will receive the update according to their own update schedule. In Samsung's case, things shouldn't take too long for the latest phones, but the story might be different for other manufacturers. On your Pixel phone, of course, there's a, there's a lot more to say about Pix, uh, Samsung anyway, but that's a whole other story. On your Pixel phone, installing the security patch is as simple as heading to your phone system settings, looking for the system option near the end of the top-level menu, and then uh, system update where you can start the installation. Some other phones, of course, may have a different update method. Google also provides factory images and OTA files over the air files for those who prefer the manual route. Remember, before you update any phone, make sure all your data are backed up and don't forget to plug in while the update is in progress. The update is about 20 megs, so it may take a while. Are you up to date? Give us a call if you can. 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free 800-790-0415. All right. Um, yeah, I updated yesterday, and it took a long... It was 20, 20 meg. It's not only download time, which was pretty fast, but then actual updating 20 meg on a phone. That's, yeah. that's a lot. So uh, that was pretty nice. Meg but, or gig? What did I say? You said meg. Gig. Yeah. <laughs> 20 gig. Yeah. 20 which meg. means you've got to have 20 gig free on your phone and better to have 40. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so I had, I had plenty of space, but that's all right. Uh, 20 gig, uh, uh, was, it's a lot. All right. Uh, back to the phones. Our next caller is Jim from Parent in New York. Hi, Jim. What's up? 
Jim? 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 Uh, we're trying. We're pushing buttons. Yeah. There we are. Oh, there you are. What's up? Okay. Hi. This is Jim. Um, I have a Galaxy Chromebook. Yeah. The original. And uh, the uh, trackpad just stops working. And I, is it, uh, it, it, it runs warm, I think. Uh, and how old is this Chromebook? It's the uh, original red Chromebook. I got it pretty much when it came out. Yeah, that, uh, I honestly like, yeah. uh, don't remember how long ago that was. But long time ago, though, I think. Yeah, very long time ago. Um, you can, of course, simply plug in a, a mouse or, or use... Uh, that's, I, <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. No, uh, I, I just like the trackpad. No, I understand that. But I'm saying, uh, you know, while we're solving the problem, it is not oh, unusable sure. because you can plug in a mouse or use a, a, a Bluetooth mouse. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the problem with the trackpad is probably hardware. Uh, it wouldn't be software. Sometimes when you do plug in a mouse, laptops disable the trackpad. Yep. So if it thinks there's a mouse plugged in, it may have disabled the trackpad, even though it's not. That's true. So the first thing to do is to go in and look at the, uh, excuse me, the settings. Make sure you didn't turn it off. To see, right. See, you didn't turn off the trackpad and to make sure that uh, uh, you've got a, um, you don't, it doesn't think you've got a mouse plugged in. That's very true, Steve. Um, but I don't. Go ahead. Sure. Well, I don't think that's the case because this this will work for a little bit and then it stops working and then works a little bit. You can barely yeah, get yeah. the mouse to move around. So, so it still knows it's there. Right. So the the second thing is heat. Um, you talked about it getting very warm, and it is very possible. Uh, first, it, it may be that. I don't remember that model specifically. It may have had a fan that's now dead or full of dust and is not yeah. working. Um, uh, you can try blowing out the fan, but, but you know, um, it, 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 if it's not that, then it's, it's just old and it might be time for a new one. I'm sorry, but that's, there, you know, there comes a point where you could probably get it fixed. It would cost more than a new Chromebook. And there are also USB trackpads, or in Bluetooth trackpads. So if you really That's want a true. trackpad, you could put that and externally. Right. It, it, uh. It's not as portable anymore. Yeah. And I understand that. Okay. But, but those, those, I'm afraid, Just you know. Just get a wireless mouse. Well, but he said he, he prefers the trackpad, and I get that. Um, but if, if you're looking for, um, there, there's no easy fix. Uh, if it's If it's not something software related then it's hardware related and at that point it's going to cost more to get fixed than it would to buy a new chromebook okay sorry well thanks thanks for your help yep thank you yeah sometimes i hate to say it but sometimes that's the answer and uh and there's not much we can do about that um yep every now and then we'll have a customer come in that's so emotionally attached to this computer they have to fix it Yep. I, really? Yeah, I don't. We can. It's 10 years old and costs more to fix it than a new one is, but oh, okay. Yeah, right, right. No, and I get it. People yeah. people form emotional attachments. 
particularly when you've had it for that long and it's, uh, you know, the red ones are a different, you know, different looking and a different color and all of that. So uh, I get that. I absolutely get that. But the fact is, uh, sometimes the answer is move on. I hate to say it, but sometimes that's the answer. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Mark from Greece, New York. Hi, Mark. What's up? Hey, I tried what you said, and it worked very well. I got it to boot up in about uh, three seconds from that um, from that post screen. Excellent. And then what I did is I plugged everything in, and I went back into BIOS, and I looked at my uh, at my um, list, and I noticed the second thing to boot from was the network card. Aha! I took that out of the second place and put the CD-ROM drive in there, and I rebooted, and I can get it to boot in about six seconds. <laughs> well, there you go. It's still faster. <laughs> with, yep. with all the USB plugged in. So I think there were two things going on yep. there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, all right, excellent. I wanted to thank you. Uh, our pleasure, Mark. Thanks. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Yep. Uh, uh, so what Mark did was, in the BIOS, you can set the boot order of the devices you have. Used to be floppy drive, CD drive, hard drive, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Uh, and 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 uh, many of them nowadays start with USB, yeah. um, and then you know, as in Mark's case, the next one was the network card, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's great if what you're trying to do is fix a dead hard drive or whatever, but um, that also leaves you open to. Uh, I could walk up to your machine reboot with my own USB in there and take over your machine. Uh, so what you want to do is go in and say, all right, I want to boot from the hard drive first and then, you know, basically nothing else, but hard drive first. That way it actually finds something on the hard drive and boots. And if it doesn't find something on the hard drive, maybe then the second thing is the USB so that you can then put in something to fix your, your hard drive. And I also yeah, found Ned? a tech note from Seagate that some of their USB drives cause this problem and turn off legacy USB mode in your BIOS. Oh, there you go. Just use modern yeah. USB. Well, that's the other thing, though. A lot of machines nowadays are coming without even CD-ROM drives. Right. So it's relying strictly right. on USB and, oh, if you want anything to uh, put on your machine, you're going to have to be able to download it from the Internet or through a USB port. Right. Right. Because uh, literally. Uh, and and, and in a business setting, um, booting from net, from the network is actually a pretty cool thing. It means that, um, for example, uh, your systems administrator can set up a common image that everybody uses Mm -hmm. and you boot from the network and you get that image which means that uh, the systems administrator can update it add new software remove old software keep it all up to date so that every time you download you get a perfectly good new image that that person that your systems administrator has made available to you and that's a beautiful thing in a business setting that has a systems administrator not something you need yourself so uh, if you if you have net booting that you can't just turn off, make it the last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get that. I get that. Well, I'm glad we were able to actually solve Mark's problem. That's that's one for us. We'll take yeah. it. We'll take the win. One win a year. Got it out of the way early. That's important. February, we got our win out of the way. That's all right. Like a squirrel. We found a nut once. Even a blind squirrel 
Finds a nut once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, uh, the thing you've got to remember uh, in general is that there's just so much that goes on when your system boots. And unless you've gone in and tuned the BIOS to remove everything you don't have or uh, change the order to things you know you have, it can take a long time to boot. Like I said, we had that Dell that would not ignore a, a, a RAID array until it finally decided it didn't have a RAID array. Uh, and enough people complain that Dell created a, a new BIOS that fixed that problem. But, um, you know, it, at the time, those devices were mostly being sold into businesses that used RAID mm-hmm. arrays. Okay, I get that. But you can't make it the only choice. Ju- choice um so uh you you want to be aware that there's so many interweaving things there's the the bios before it boots there's the system itself that boots there's the peripheral devices that attach when you boot um we had a we had a um, and then loading the registry and that's another thing they can get right huge well it can get you know two gigs three gigs yeah and it not it isn't just load time but it's also once it's loaded, then Windows has to go through mm-hmm. it piece by piece, decide which piece is next, do the yep. next thing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that takes time. And that's why you have programs like uh, that, that, that clean out the registry um, and remove items that it doesn't need and streamlines items that it does need. Uh, and those are, those are important things. Um, uh, you know, I'll just say it one more time. Uh, uh, the registry is the dumbest idea windows ever had and that's a long list yeah and like we've said if you don't use a product say like uh revo uninstaller which will get rid of uh actually uninstall it because windows when you tell it to uninstall all windows is so lazy Mm -hmm. all they do well it's kind of creative too they found a good way to do it is they just go over find that registry entry and change the bit so it's no longer referenced. Yeah, it, and it turns it's still, on an ignore me bit, basically. Yeah. And it still takes up that space, right? Which now, if uh, they're doing a search, it's got to go down farther. Whereas right. if it actually took it out, like Revo Uninstaller does, it actually removes it and shrinks the size of the registry. Because that's one thing we have never done since Windows came up with the idea of the registry is ever tell people how to go in there and change things. Right. It is so dangerous to go in there and change items in the registry. If you don't know what you're doing, you could totally trash your whole machine as far as operating system and working. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yes. And, uh, yeah, never play around in the registry, but let let a program like Revo Uninstall or CClean or programs like that do their job. And, and, and to give Microsoft credit, which I do, I do sometimes, um, the idea behind only turning off the bid in the registry is if you decide to reinstall that program, you don't have to reset it up. It just turns the bid on again and says, oh, okay, we've got all, your, all the parameters that are necessary here. And I get that, but that is a rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. A- and, um, you know, it, in, in general... I would rather save boot time every day than once a year not have to set up parameters again on something. 
So it's just a, a choice that 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 um, Microsoft made. Uh, but for I believe the majority of people, it's the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's simple enough. And and so, um, yeah, be be very wary. And of course, the other problem is um, everything uses the registry. So if I write a program that poorly manages my registry entries, I can screw up the registry for everybody. That's a dangerous and downright stupid situation. Um, Linux and the Mac do it differently. Every program has its own file with its parameters Mm -hmm. in it. And so if I screw up my file, okay, I screwed up my file, but I didn't screw up Steve's file. Yeah. Or Microsoft's own file. And um, if I delete my program, I can uh, elect to delete that file as well. Uh, in Linux, it's the difference between an uninstall or a purge, which actually yeah. also removes the, the parameters. And that's why a lot of people who, who, who try to reinstall a program to fix a problem almost never works. Right. Because it's not the program file. It's the settings file you have right. to go find. Right. Application support is where Apple puts it. Right, right. And so you, 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 you know, if you're only uninstalling a program, uh, you haven't removed all of the background stuff. Whereas if you purge a program, or what do they call it on Apple? Delete, uninstall. Yeah, um, uh, that that helps. All right, look. Um, wow, fast day today. Um, uh, that's it. The first hour of this show is over, but uh, don't despair. There's a whole nother hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe coming your way. That's Sound Bites. Whole nother hour of Dave Enright. Whole nother hour of Steve Ray. Hope you're sitting down. Whole nother hour of Nick Francesco and a whole nother hour of your calls. So you can give us that call at 585-966-5299-800-790-0415. Take a bio break. Go get a sandwich. um, Go pet the dog and the cat. But come on back for a whole nother hour of sound bites. We'll see you in just a couple of minutes. It's America's longest running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece, Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District. Jazz 90.1. On Instagram at WGMC Jazz 901. Welcome back to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites, on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at five minutes after the hour, we are hurtling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show of the known universe, Soundbites, right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Oh, my battery level just hit 40%. My app works. I'm very excited. There we go. Now you can plug in and get it back up again. Back up to 80% when hopefully my app will now tell me uh, it's time to unplug it. So I've got a streaming program running. I've got multiple cameras running. I've got multiple encoders doing things. And I go to my battery monitor, and it says the fi- Google's Finder helpers using significant energy. 
Nothing else is. Google's Finder Helper, which yeah. synchronizes Google Drive. Right, right, right. No, really? Not, not, not the streaming system pulling in cameras and sending out three streams? Uh, <laughs> no. Not compared to the mighty Google. No. Yeah. That's how that works. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the things that – well, I should read a news item, but I want to say a little bit about my – uh, battery thing. Um, most lithium-ion batteries, when they start getting super full, like, a, well, really above 90%, they start um, uh, growing dendrites, which are little um, uh, crystals on, on the, either the anode or the diode. I know, cathode, they, they, cathode, they grow from one way cathode. to the other. Uh, one way. And, and as those grow, they bridge the gap between the two, the uh, anode and the cathode. And that means that at some point they short out. That's what causes fires and things like that. Well, those dendrites grow either not at all or much slower if you don't charge your battery to 100%. So the, the recommendation is don't let the battery get below 40 and don't let it get above 80. Now, there, uh, the iPhone does that automatically, shuts yep. it down. A lot of electric cars you can set the levels. Um, uh, on um, uh, Android phones, there's an app you can run that tells you when it's 40% and tells you when it's 80%, but you still have to manage it yourself. So I wrote a little uh, program for my laptop to do the same thing, and now I'll just continue to, to go along between 40 and 80% um, and extend the life of this battery. And the new one that I'm getting, I will do the same immediately. Well, apparently the, the mechanism of dendrite growth wasn't known until recently. Right, right, right. Um, and so there was, I'm just reading, reading an article, they f- think they figured out why it's a certain element in the electrolyte. And if we remove that electrolyte, that element from the electrolyte, maybe we'll stop the dendrites and batteries will last right. longer and, and uh, won't won't have as much of a... As a fire hazard. Right. And there's new batteries coming along, ion salt batteries and a couple yep. of other things that, that don't have, that don't there's, exhibit dendrite growth. And, and there's a solid electro, uh, electrolyte battery. Right. Which is re- really cool. So the, the reason lithium batteries swell is that because of these dendrites cause heat when they short circuit, it boils the, the liquid electrolyte and causes gas, and so they, they swell out. So the solid electrolyte versions don't have that problem. And I saw a demo of one where the guy had a big pair of scissors, and they yeah. had a battery hooked up to a voltmeter. He kept cutting pieces of the battery off, and it kept working fine. Just the voltage dropped a little bit as every piece of the battery he cut off. Yeah, it was really yeah. cool. So that's that stuff is coming. We're, we're getting new batteries as we go along. Um, but right now, uh, and we were talking about this a, a couple of weeks ago with UPS drives. Uh, uninterruptible power supplies. Many of them still use um, the regular car battery, lead acid, lead acid batteries, because those don't have any kind of problem um, running at full charge yep. all the time. So, Remember when you used to have to add water to your car battery just yes. to keep it yeah. working? Yep. And and then sealed batteries were such a huge technological improvement. Right. They were very <laughs> exciting. I remember changing a non-sealed battery yeah. and ruining an entire pair of pants and a, yep. a shirt because it leaked a little yeah, acid out of them. Little, it just, battery acid was wicked. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, um, let me read the news item. Uh, why does Thunderbird look so old? Because <laughs> it is? Because it is. That's one of the most frequently asked questions about Thunderbird, according to Thunderbird Project Design Manager Alessandro Castellani. 
uh, along with is Thunderbird dead? Which uh, the answer to that is no. Well, then it would be a phoenix. Right. right. <laughs> and it's one he seeks to answer definitively in a new blog post about Thunderbird's planned 2023 release, codenamed Supernova. The Supernova release will include an overhaul of Thunderbird's user interface, or UI. Castellani didn't share screenshots, but he indicated that the new UI would be simple and clean and targeted mostly at new users. For veteran users, the interface will also be flexible and adaptable, so the people who prefer the way Thunderbird looks now can maintain that familiarity they love. Supernova will also include several other big changes, including a redesigned calendar and support for Firefox Sync. Uh, beyond news about the redesign, the blog post is worth a read if you're curious about what the team is doing to battle the software's technical debt or if you want to know why it seems like the app's development moves so slowly. The post is also helpful if you need a refresher on the long and complicated relationship between Thunderbird and Mozilla. Thunderbird used to be maintained by Mozilla alongside the Firefox browser, but in the modern era, it hasn't always been clear who's responsible for it. Mozilla's executives had wanted to spin Thunderbird off as early as 2007, and it moved to a more community-driven development model in 2012. That decision, according to Castellani, was both a blessing and a curse that put Thunderbird in the position it's in now. Uh, community contributors to Thunderbird keep the project alive, but a lack of centralized oversight resulted in an inconsistent user interface without coherent user experience and led to long stretches where the app wasn't being updated at all. Today, Thunderbird development is still partially driven by community developers, and the project is heavily reliant on user donations, but it's also somewhat back in-house at Mozilla via a, gr via a growing group of paid employees at a wholly-owned Mozilla subsidiary called MZLA Technologies. Uh, it's those employees who are currently defining Thunderbird's roadmap, working to help it shed its technical debt, and hoping to expand its user base with a new Android client based on the K9 Mail app which is a pretty cool uh, product in itself. The redesigned Thunderbird user interface is currently slated for Thunderbird 115, which is due to be released in July. Are you still using Thunderbird? Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299, toll free, 1-800-790-0415. Actually, Thunderbird's not as old as I thought it was. It's only 20 years old. Yeah. I, th I thought it was older than that. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> No, I use it. I I use it at home um, on on Linux. It works just great, uh, and it does everything I want it to do. But yes, it looks kind of old. Yep. Mm -hmm. Then again, I'm more interested in function than form, so it's fine for me. Uh, they did take one thing away. It used to be that if I wanted to move uh, an email to another folder, I could just drag and drop it. Yeah. Now I have to right-click on it, say move to, pick the folder, and let it go. I get that, you know, it, that that's, makes it harder to drop it into the wrong folder, which apparently was a big annoyance for people. But it, that annoys me. So, okay. Uh, back to the phones. Our next well, colors. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That, hold on. That was a battery uh, monitor you have. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Right? Yeah. I mean, let me search the... Um, it's in our... In our link list, link yeah. Link list, yeah. Someone in the chat was asking about it. Yeah, it's down um, in our link list. Um, get to the link list. Probably search for battery. Battery charge notifier for Thanks. Android. It's about the sixth or seventh one down, just above future tools. Um, still on the front page. Ah. There you go. All right. Can I go to the phone yeah. now? Thank you. <laughs> our next caller is Ed from Rochester, New York. What's up, Ed? Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Uh, I was just curious. About six months ago, I got a uh, Chromebook. It's a, a, a Lenovo uh, 
IdeaPad 5, and it seems to be working okay. But I noticed um, when you watch live sports, every once in a while the picture will flicker. It's like you've got uh, two pictures at the same time, and that lasts about five seconds. It goes away, then everything's fine, and just intermittently comes back. And not five minutes or ten, any time, you know. And right, right. Um, I didn't know if there's anything I could do to uh, uh, to fix it. I know I run this through a uh, my Android phone hotspot, and that's an Android nine, and that's it's been working fine. Except that um, it seemed to uh, it's odd. It just seems to when you you're watching live sports. This is when I watched was watching English soccer today, and right. um, that is the first time it's ever happened. And I said, oh, no, here we go again. Luckily, it's only six months old. So I wanted to know if you guys had any suggestions of if there's anything could be done to, uh, you know, circumvent that. Well, the real question is what's going on, right? Um, you've got three things happening here. Uh, from the Chromebook end, you've got um, is the, is the um, video card capable of keeping up with that now if you've watched uh, like youtube videos and stuff like that and those don't have a problem then it's probably not the video card um mm -hmm. so the next thing is the speed of your well it's really only two things because everybody expects spanish precision the other thing is the speed of your internet connection now that since that's coming through your phone and then going by through your phone to your computer mm -hmm. I would do a speed test, and that's okay. at Ookla um, um, something something. Speedtest.net. Speedtest.net. It's the Ookla speed test, and uh, oh. that'll tell you how fast your connection is. Uh, mostly you're concerned with the download speed, but the upload speed is not an, an impossible thing to have to deal with as well. Um, so, and, and perform that in exactly the same way you, you watch your sports, that is to say through your Android phone. Mm -hmm. um, and okay. that will tell you, you know, how fast your Internet connection is, because it is quite possible that what's happening is that the the phone cannot keep up with the data stream and has a little glitch every once in a while, uh -huh. particularly yeah. if the phone does other things like if it, you know, every phone has 15 things running in the background. Right. Uh -huh. So it may be that at certain points, the phone <laughs> just doesn't have enough oomph anymore to to uh, keep up with the data stream. What kind of a download uh, speed parameter are you talking about? Um, it, it entirely depends on what else is being downloaded uh, and what's going on on your phone. You know, uh, 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 megabit shouldn't be uh, a problem at all. I mean, you know, if you're if you're looking at uh, what's a I don't know what's a good download speed for video. Five to ten, probably. Yeah, well, probably. And, and and depending on if you're doing you know HD or or 4K, most video services will monitor your download speed, and if there's a drop in speed, it will move you down to the lower quality. And if well, it, and that depends entirely on the other end too. Other so end, that's yeah. a problem. But even I, I've seen it on on my green light, um, YouTube video or not uh, YouTube TV. Right. Some channels, the audio gets out of sync like half a second. Right. And I have mm -hmm. to um, stop that channel, you know, switch to a different channel, 
and then come back to that channel and it's fine to get it to sync up again. And that's, and that's not really your computer's fault. That's right. something at that's, the other that's end. That's the other end, yeah. If you're, yeah. Doing, if, you're, if you're watching the soccer match in HDR or 4K or whatever, you want a 15 megabit uh, download speed. 15, okay. Yeah. I thought maybe it might be uh, a glitch in the, uh, in the um, satellite or however they stream it, you know. Right, right, right. That, well, that's what I'm saying. That, you know, that, and that, you're right. There is a third part, which is the other end. So... Um, I can't, you know, we, and also where would, he lives, I, where he lives in location. Right. You know, I mean, there's some spots. If the neighbors, in, yeah. If, if the neighbors started downloading something heavy and right, he's doing same, it through his phone. So, but, it, it so is that's, also, a, that's still a radio signal to the cell right. tower. And it yeah. is, it is, um, it is not designed for that. There's no guarantee of bandwidth on mm-hmm. your phone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. y- you, you know, if, if the signal, if the, Hi. Yeah, if the signal starts getting uh, uh, weak because too many people are on their phones I- at that tower, uh, that will happen too. Yep. A lot of variables. Yeah. It's not just cut and dry. Yeah. That you know. Oh yeah. No, it's just this. No, there are a lot of things that weigh in as factors to uh, and conditions. Yep. You know, when you look at the screen when this happens, it looks like there's. Um, it looks like it's it's searching for something because you see two pictures at the same time out of sync, but they're flickering uh, like an old time movie, you know, the yeah. hand crank type of stuff. And it looks like the computer is searching for something to sort that out, and once it finds it, then it's fine. It's great. But uh, I, I yeah, it's like it's uh, unlikely to be the computer itself. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, you would see uh, it if it was the computer. You either would have a problem from the beginning. Well, if it was a computer, you would have the problem from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I thought they would do it all the time. Yeah, they yeah, go yeah. To the library and use the Wi-Fi or whatever. Um, it, you know, knock on wood, it's fine. But this is a long distance stuff. I thought maybe there was a problem from some transmission someplace. You know? Well, that's the problem. It could be anywhere along that chain. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's good. Thanks a lot for your help. I appreciate yep, it. Yep. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah, that's one of the issues that that. The invisible issues that we have with technology. Where is the problem? Yeah. You know, when it, when it involves a chain like that, there's the computer, there's your phone, there's the connection to the t- cell tower, there's the connection from the cell tower. Trace the, the electric flow. Right, exactly. Um, uh, Dave just made himself very happy. I don't know why. Okay, good. No, when this thing acts up, it gives me a hurt face. Right, right, right. Uh, that's why I don't do tech stuff anymore. Uh, I used to say this, you know, when I was a, when I was an actor, if I was doing, if something screwed up and I was on stage, I could ad lib out of it. If I was backstage on the board, there's nothing you can do. Uh-uh. You know, you're on stage and a light blows, you move over. Mm-hmm. You're in the back and the light blows. You're in the dark. It's not on you anymore. It's exactly right. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Joe from Rochester, New York. What's up, Joe? Hey, uh, did you guys know that you guys were sitting amongst royalty? <laughs> I think what <laughs> I saw that, Nick. Crowned, Thank you. You were crowned uh, Burger King. <laughs> yes, yes, I am finally the Burger King again. Um, yeah, uh, what Joe is talking about is yesterday... Uh, um, uh, after uh, an event, we drove through. My wife and I drove through uh, Burger King, and the lady asked me if I wanted a crown. The answer, of course, 
is yes. Yes, I do. And so she gave me one. And so I have finally uh, become the Burger King, which a friend of mine pointed out uh, many, many, many decades ago uh, when I was an actor. Um, I tried out for the Burger King. Yeah, you, none of you will remember this. But before the guy in the mask, the creepy, creepy mask. He's um, the like Burger a, King was a little short guy. Like the, yeah, the, the Burger King was a little short, fat guy yeah. uh, with a white beard in uh, uh, like the little king. If you remember him, no, you don't. But the point is that used to be their their mascot. And they were going to do a whole campaign about using that image of the burger king and they wanted it to be live action and i went and auditioned and in fact after many auditions i got the role and then i went for the last time i got a call i went in and they said i'm sorry uh the campaign is changing this is going to be the new burger king and uh go home bye bye i found over the years how how the mascot has changed (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, but, but I finally got to be the Burger King, so it's all very exciting to me now. Thank you, Joe. Well, well good. You deserve it. Thank you. You like may kiss my ring. I keep it in my back pocket. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See what Thanks, you did, Jim. Joe? We were keeping it under wraps. <laughs> this room isn't big enough. <laughs> Thanks, now Joe. Now his head's not going to get through the darn door, you That's know. right. This is, well, it doesn't, the crown doesn't even fit anymore. That's the problem. Thanks, Joe. That's too funny. Hey, um, about Thunderbird, I'm, I'm still using, like, version 43 or something because there were so many extensions that were available back then to customize the program. It still works flawlessly. Yeah, it does. So or some I'm, other effort. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it's still okay to be doing that as far as safety goes and everything. But it was um, perfect. Uh, most of the extensions should continue to work um, on the newest versions. I use several extensions on my version of Thunderbird as well. Uh, so either, you know, a new version of that extension or an equivalent extension should be available for the newest versions of Thunderbird. And, of course, as with any piece of software, you should be using the latest version. I think it's up to 114 now, so... Uh, you're just yeah. a little bit behind. Although sometimes the person bit. that wrote the extensions hasn't maintained it, and so there is no new version that would be compatible. Well, and that's still dangerous yeah. to continue to running a right. non-compatible version. I've got 78 on here. I'm going to click the Restart to Update button. There's an idea. I haven't updated it in a long time. One of the things I always forget about is, is Thunderbird still has an NNTP reader in it if you're doing old-style news yeah. groups. Which uh, I, I keep meaning to get into the Spinrite Mac developer news group to see how he's working. It's it's like he's really close. Yep, yep, yep. He talked about uh, he's got it running faster, so one one terabyte drive um, uh, takes an hour instead of a day. Nice, <laughs> nice. Twenty four fold increase. Very nice. Yep. Uh, yeah. Thanks. So yeah, I would I would take a look at some of the newer versions. Of course, the problem is if you update, yeah. then you're done. You're updated forever. But. Uh, yeah, I've done that. 91, now it's uh, going to 102. Why don't you just go to the newest? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, what? Sorry. Uh, they, yeah, they don't update a lot of the extensions I'm using, so I'm kind of stuck. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I do. I get that. No. But be very careful what you open is all I'm saying. Oh, yes. Great. All right. All right thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon. Thanks. You too, Joe. Yeah, I uh, I very much enjoy um, uh, Thunderbird. It It does everything I needed to do, and it does it very, very well. But, yeah, it looks old. Again, that doesn't bother me. 
Uh, but You're it, old. I'm old, and it's old, and that's okay with me. And again, it, for me, it's form over function, uh, f- uh, function over form. As long as it works, the way it looks is less important to me. And if you've ever seen any of the websites I've designed, you know that's true. Uh, well, now, and now it's retro. Oh, yeah, now it's retro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retro, yeah. We're cool again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it, it, it truly does, particularly with the extensions, truly does everything I needed to do. And, uh, and I'm very pleased, uh, with what it does. So if you're, um, if you're unhappy with your current, uh, email program, uh, or you're looking for something that handles multiple email addresses very well, that's the reason, uh, I use it and I use, um, Evolution on on Linux, um, and both of those work quite well in slightly different ways. I'm so used to Thunderbird that Evolution annoys me every once in a while. But um, you can keep uh, your, your multiple accounts uh, working simultaneously and and go back and forth among them effort, effortlessly. And so, uh, if you're looking for something that works um, for multiple accounts. Uh, without having to, you know, keep multiple tabs open on your desktop and juggle. Uh, uh, What's wrong with a lot of tabs? Like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you notice I looked at you when I said that. Yeah. Um, you might want. You look wouldn't want to see my screen right now. I don't want to ever see your screen because <laughs> I must have close to because um, I use this one other program. That I send out QSL cards. Yeah. So you got to keep a tab that if I want to send a card to them, open. I got about 49, 49 tabs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you go know, you group tabs now, too. Yeah, oh yeah. But no, it's only. Yeah, you don't care. No, because I'm going to. It's my ritual on Sunday nights. I sit down and I just focus on doing that task. And it's literally selecting each one, filling out the information, sending out the QSL card, and off it goes. And I wipe that tab out, just click it off. So it's just a helpful reminder that I got to do it. It's kind of my Sunday reminder. All right, here's your task you got to do. And I've been doing it now for almost five years. Nice. We did find um, inadvertently that Safari has a 500 tab limit. When you try to open another now, tab, I haven't gotten even close to that. I mean, yeah, we got a message on a customer's machine. Sorry, you already have five hundred tabs open. We can't open another one. Wow! But then, uh, then there's a auto close tabs that haven't been active in a month feature. That okay, we'll turn that on. Yeah, yeah. Why is my device running so slow? You've got five hundred tabs open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing with the Google Chrome though, because I did have a bunch of them. Marked for my Sunday thing, and I accidentally closed the Explorer down. And when you close it down, it puts it back to the default, which is only 14 tabs. I'm so sorry for you. Only 14 tabs. So all those other tabs that I was going to mail cards to, they didn't go out that week. Yeah. Alternately, and I don't know if you know this, but you can group your things together and say, save this as a, as a uh, folder on your bookmarks. And that'll, uh, that'll do that for you. All right. Uh, while we teach Dave how to close tabs, we're going to take a quick break. 
Maybe we should take a really long break, but it'll just be a quick break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. It's 29 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe, Sound Bites, right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you because we are solely member-supported. Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. Computer talk you can understand. More sound bites is next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 34 minutes after the hour, we are sound bites. Ta-da. Ta-da. And I will read a news item. Oh, this is one of my favorites. As a smart... You used to own a Galaxy. Hmm? You used to own a Galaxy phone. Yeah, yeah. As a smartphone operating system, Android strives to be a lightweight OS so it can run on a variety of hardware. The first version of the OS had to squeeze into the T-Mobile G1 with only a measly 256 meg of internal storage for Android and all your apps. And ever since then, the idea has been to use as few resources as possible. Unless you have the latest Samsung phone, where Android take, somehow takes up an incredible 60 gigabytes of storage. <laughs> yes, Samsung's new phone is way out of line with most of the ecosystem. Several users report the phone uses about 60 gig for the system partition right out of the box. On your 64 gig phone? Well, yeah. If you have a, well, the minimum now is 128 gig phone, but that's still nearly half your storage yeah. for the Android OS and packed in apps. That's four times the size of the normal Pixel 7 Pro system partition, which is 15 gig. It's the size of two Windows 11 installs side by side. What could Samsung possibly be putting there? Well, we can take a few guesses as to why things are so big. First, Samsung is notorious for having a shoddy software division that pumps out low-quality code. The company tends to change everything in Android just for change's sake, and it's hard to imagine those changes are very good. Second, Samsung may want to give the appearance of having its uh, own non-Google ecosystem, and to do that, it clones every Google app that comes with its devices. Samsung is contractually obligated to include the Google apps. So if you get both the Google and Samsung versions, that means two app stores, two browsers, two voice assistants, two text messaging apps, two keyboard apps, and on and on and on. Uh, These all get added to the system partition and often aren't removable. Unlike the clean OSs you get from Google or Apple, Samsung sells space in its devices to the highest bidder via pre-installed crapware. A company like Facebook will buy a spot on Samsung's system partition where it can get more intrusive system permissions that aren't granted to App Store apps, letting it more effectively spy on users. You also usually find Netflix, Microsoft Office, Spotify, LinkedIn, and who knows what else. Another round of crapware will also be included if you buy a phone from a carrier, i.e. all of the Verizon apps and whatever space they want to sell to third parties. The average amount users are reporting is 60 gig, but crapware deals change across carriers and countries, so it'll be different for everyone. Just on the surface, Samsung's 60 gig system partition looks bad compared to the Pixel 7's 15 gig, but it's actually worse than those two raw numbers. Samsung isn't even using one of the big storage-hungry Android features that you would normally get on the Pixel 7, AB system partitions. The Pixel 7 and most other flagships actually have two copies of the operating system. One that is online and being used, and another that is offline and sitting in the background. When an OS update gets downloaded, a Samsung phone with only one copy of the OS will have to reboot and have as much as 30 minutes of downtime. A Pixel phone with two copies of the OS will just keep running 
and update the second offline OS in the background. Then, when the update is done, it just does a normal 30-second reboot. Device will swap operating systems, moving over to the OS copy that was just updated. And the dual OS system also gives the phone a backup back to the old system if something goes wrong. So how's your Samsung phone? Give us a call, if you can, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 1-800-790-0415. Yeah, we see this a lot. Um, Many systems, whether they're phones or computers, install a lot of crapware. Mm -hmm. Uh, Windows is notorious for bloatware, um, which bloats up the size of the system. Uh, um, uh, Windows is notorious for it. You can see all the candy games and all that other stuff that's on it. Um, Those are all paid for. So you are paying for the operating system. uh, You pay about 100 bucks more per system to get Windows than not. And then on top of that, Microsoft is charging the Candy Crush people or whoever to add all those their apps and you can see and how many Xbox now well that's a that's a Microsoft product so I you know yeah but it's all but stuff still, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, shoved yeah. in there whether you own an Xbox or not whether you want it or not so uh, yeah and many of those things particularly on the phone particularly on a Samsung phone you cannot uninstall uh, you can barely hide them and one of the problems I've seen with a lot of people is they say well I I, I upgraded my phone and all my messages disappeared I thought Android was supposed to fix that. Well, it does, but you weren't using the Android apps. You were using the Samsung apps. Mm -hmm. And because you were using the Samsung apps, when you did the upgrade, because Samsung writes shoddy software, and that's the polite phrase, (laughs) it lost all of your um, emails and and everything. It lost everything. All your information. Yeah, your, your messages and voicemail and everything else. So um, that's a problem uh, with not just Samsung, but a lot of other companies. Uh, they add the bloatware um, so that they just make more money. Not only are they charging you a lot of money for your phone, but they're also charging other companies a lot of money to, to ride along like the parasites they are. All right, to the phones. Our next caller is Ken from Rochester, New York. What's up, Ken? Hi, fellas. Uh, glad to hear your voices crackling over the radio waves. As Thank they you. should. Um, Quick question for you for uh, backup software I've used over the years. Um, I have tried Ghostry in the past. Previously to that, and I still use it because I run a lot of old equipment, is Drive Image 5.0, which I can honestly say um, was flawless, and it was absolutely spectacular. Of course, it didn't handle the new, the nuances of what we see today and whatnot, but um, I just wanted to get, I know you have a web page for these sort of things, but I wanted to get your input as to um, what I'm trying to achieve is the backup of the oddities as well as the nuances. So I, I still want to do the floppies, which I can do with this software, um, and of course, the hard drive to create the image. And then uh, whatever else is available after that, I just thought thought I'd pick your mind, see what you think. Well, there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's that's available. First, let's back up for a moment and talk about uh, backing up the entire hard drive. When you do that, it makes it easy to restore. The problem is, 
if there is a problem with your system, you just backed it up. Mm-hmm. And when you restore it, you're restoring that same problem again. Mm-hmm. Or, or the underlying thing that caused the problem a month later. Yeah. Right. Yeah, an update or something else to the operating system. A problem in the registry or whatever it might be. So, um, I, look, I absolutely get it. It makes it easier to restore, and you don't have to reinstall your software. And 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 uh, yadda, I'm not yadda, accusing yadda. you of this, but many people who don't pay for their operating system uh, still have a copy of it. And I get that. I do. But uh, the reality is that... that Backing up an image of the hard drive is dangerous. Anytime mm-hmm. you have a real problem, you should reinstall the operating system and the apps you actually use clean and then just restore your data, yeah. data which you've also fo- scrubbed. Photos and Well, that's docu- all part of data. The yeah. Photos and documents and all of that stuff is your data. That's the only thing that is hard to replace. Right. Apple has actually changed their hard drive layout um, a couple of system versions ago. Um, there's a system partition and a data partition that's all hidden behind the one icon. So it's 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 tricky if you see those two icons and don't know what they mean. But it does mean that the operating system and your data are are on two separate volumes, um, so that you can replace the OS and it doesn't t- touch your data. You can back up just your data and it doesn't bother with the OS. In fact, a little it's a little annoying that it sometimes doesn't back up the OS. But I always prefer installing a clean OS and restoring the yeah. data because of that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, because you don't know what inherited problems yeah. you're backing up that are going to cause you even right. more issues once you restore it. That said, for your needs, I would take a look at asknick.com slash backup.php. And it's also in our link list. You can do a search for backup and you'll see it there. Um, it lists a whole bunch of different backup solutions for every operating system some are free some pay money you pay money for some are free but you can buy better versions and it talks a little bit about the um, benefits of each but also there's a link to each so you can go through uh, and see what you need because uh, everybody's needs are different and um, uh, it's probably good for you to do your own research uh, at that point, um, in terms of in terms of uh, backing up data as opposed to backing up um, the operating system, I've also been suggesting PCLone uh, wow. as uh, PCloud. What did I say? Clone. I, you said PCLone. <laughs> you either had too much coffee or not enough coffee. I've, yeah. I've had uh, I've had a sinus infection. Oh yeah, I've got for that days, too. and it just uh, it's like somebody's hitting me in the I'm forehead just, with a hammer. I'm just getting over one. Post nasal yeah. drip. Oh, it's I've more soda than usual lately. Trying to burn the phlegm on my throat. <laughs> um, so, uh, P Cloud. That's all right. P Cloud um, is a is an online backup. It's an online mirror, actually. And so, um, I I tend to recommend that as one of multiple backups. Uh, you know, we talk, and it's in this backup.php file. Uh, you can take a look at uh, the three to one backup plan. Three separate backups in two separate places, at least one of which is off-site. Um, and again, uh, I rarely, I, I certainly, if you've just installed a brand new operating system, um, take a backup of your system. 
that way, if you ever want to go right to the get-go, right to clean, you can. But once you start installing apps, once you start actually using the system, this is after you install the apps. You, you install the operating system clean the first time. You install legitimate apps clean the first time. Take a backup uh, of the system itself and put that away somewhere. But once you start using your system, all kinds of cruft and garbage can creep in. And I wouldn't trust a new backup of the system after that. Mm. Um, again, your mileage may vary, but, you know, you're shooting craps at that point. Right. No, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just, uh, I guess I, I utilize it in the right way based on your description. I would create a... Uh, Install, reinstall the operating system, reinstall all the software, start from scratch, of course, and then from there, create my image. Right. That image would be the master, and that would be the one you were speaking of starting over. Right. And then from there, I would make incremental backups based on what I was doing, install new software, whatever. I went out on the web. I didn't like what happened, so I go back. And I can drop back any any number of generations, and that's what makes the use of this software so useful to me and uh well if if you're that diligent about it then yes yeah yes yeah, no, i get it most people aren't nearly that diligent i guess i'm uh too tedious yeah well not <laughs> tedious but that yeah tedious, no not tedious enough but i appreciate all your help and uh i i i enjoy listening to your answers and um three wise men once again well thank you but i would check out that uh it's, it's in our link list, so you can do a search of our link list to find it. Um, it, it lists a whole bunch of products for every operating system, and uh, uh, yeah, I would start my research there. Yeah, I will. I was just, um, I'll let you go. I, I, <laughs> it was the floppies and all like that that I thought might be kind of cumbersome to cover yep. in the sense of capturing a, a nuanced software that would, would do that for me. So. Right, 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 right. I understand. All right, listen, guys, take care and have a splendid weekend. You too. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, a lot goes back to whether you want a fast backup or a fast restore. And for for a home user, you probably want a fast backup. Um, But a business user where your critical files are on there, you want a fast restore. Right, that's exactly right. So we we image our our main um, uh, point-of-sale server. So that if something goes wrong, we can just reboot that image file, and then I'll worry about restoring yes. it later tonight. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, absolutely. I, I, yeah. I agree with that completely. I mean, I, uh, back in the day when it was a really important um, uh, system, I would keep two versions of it running simultaneously yep. and then just point to whichever one, uh, uh, and they were mirroring each other. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we go back to the phones in the, uh, in the, uh, no, apparently. Here's another I Love New York travel tip. Apparently Dave fell asleep Step on the board the- again and hit a button he shouldn't have. We're traveling. We're traveling. <laughs> Here's your travel tip. Don't until the end of the show. <laughs> Thank you. We love New York. See, there's 16 keyboards and 27 mice over there. And it's- <laughs> yeah. And when he nods off, he sometimes hits a button he shouldn't. That happens. Um, uh, uh, William says, what's the app for Android? I assume you're talking the battery app. about the battery app that's listed on our webpage. It's called Battery Charge. Uh, no, something along battery, that Battery yeah, monitor. We, yeah. Battery monitor. It's still on the first page. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, you'll find that uh, on that page. Uh, our Chandra said Thunderbird is the only client I know about that does Auth2. 
protocol so I can log into Gmail. Yes. Uh, and William says uh, Blue Mail does it too, which is true. Uh, but it's it's a it's not as easy. OAuth is never easy, yeah. but it's easy. It's easier in Thunderbird than a Blue Mail. We have run into that. Outlook for Mac does not support OAuth. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting because OAuth has been around a long time, and many many services are now requiring OAuth. Um, and since we had another customer with Outlook for Windows the same way. Um, so to log into AOL, you need to make an application-specific password. Yep. To log into Google, you need an application-specific password. Yeah. OAuth is the way you authorize stuff to many things now. Yeah. And if you don't use OAuth, then you have to create a one time, essentially one-time password for each of those things. Yeah. It's a pain in the neck if you don't do OAuth. I can't right. believe they don't do it. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's ridiculous. Coming in a future version. Well, part well partly because Outlook was always a Mappy client for Exchange. And so they added POP and IMAP right. as an afterthought, and, and then too many people started using it for regular POP mail, and right. it's, uh, it's frustrating. But the mail providers are trying to, to make mail more secure by having authenticated logins um, and having encrypted messaging, you know, at least from you to, to them. Right. You know, mail between services isn't necessarily encrypted uh, yet, but they're trying. Right, 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 email, right. Email is so important these days. Well, exactly. All right, back to the phones. It looks like Ken's back again from Rochester, New York. What's up, Ken? Hey, how are you doing today? Yeah, this is a different one. Oh, a different Ken. Okay, excellent. What's up, Ken? Uh, I got a Chromebook 360, and I uh, my charger is not working that great. My red, uh, my orange uh, light comes on. Now, I don't take the plug out that much. I have it. I'm wondering if, if I need a new plug. It is certainly a possibility. If the Chromebook is, look, again, there's two places there could be a problem, inside the Chromebook or outside the Chromebook. And the least expensive way to test that is to replace the charger. Okay. So but, I would definitely do yeah. that. And then the next step is that maybe the battery needs replacing, especially if it's an older computer. Right. Um, and, and at that point, a, a lot of computers now have sealed batteries, and they're, e- they're either tricky or expensive or both right. to replace them. Right. And that comes right back to down to what we were talking about earlier with the dendrites and yeah. not charging much above 80% and all that nonsense. But the first thing I would do, Ken, in this particular case is replace the charger and see if that fixes the problem. Yeah, because I get I get a thing on it saying the charger's going on it for a couple times it says it, a couple times a day, and then it never show up again. And then one time when I had no uh, charger, the battery saying that it went out, but I got it back on. And then one more thing was uh, one minute it'll be dim. And then next minute, you got the bright light back on the machine. Yeah, it well may be your charger. Uh, it could be the power in your house, but you would certainly notice your lights, your TV, your refrigerator, everything else uh, right. doing the same thing. So right now, I'm suspecting the charger. Okay, because I did what, what you're saying right now. I put different plugs in different areas. Right. One, one time, it did work no problem. And then I worked, by, I did by the living room uh, one, and uh, that didn't work, but I tried a lamp, that one did work. Yeah, I, yeah, I would replace the charger. 
Okay, how would you get something like that from China? I would, I would, um, who makes your Chromebook? Uh. Is it an HP or an Asus? HP. Or? I would go to the HP website and look okay. for, look for that. Chromebook and and look to buy a charger for specifically get the right charger for the right Chromebook. Yeah, you'll find a lot of third party chargers, and you never know if they're going to be exactly the right voltage right. or wattage or right. How, I how would, good the uh, you're going to pay a little more on HP's site, but believe me, it's a better buy. How much is it about? I don't I don't know. I haven't I haven't really researched HP right. chargers. I'm sorry, not no, terribly expensive. Okay. I yeah. should think. Yeah. Okay. That's the only question I had. All right, thanks, Ken. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. Yeah, um, uh, I'm afraid I don't know the price off the top of my head, but in general, these uh, these uh, chargers are tough because they're just a power cord into a power brick, which means there's at least two connections mm-hmm. on them that can get flexed and and you know you've seen this but, many times. Yeah. A, a cord phrase, yeah, and that's a problem. Yeah. And it's it's the AC to DC conversion. You've got you're you're getting 120 volts in, and you're putting you're getting out probably 10 volts, 12, 12, five maybe, to 12, yeah. Probably. And and the better quality those electronics are, the the more costly they are, but but the safer it is. I remember, um, um, I think it was some Google did a teardown of um, a dozen different iPhone chargers. Because Apple's charge Apple's is twenty bucks right. for the charge, and and people thought that was expensive. What? Yeah, because you can get one on Amazon for four. Oh yeah, well yes, yeah. yes. So, okay. So yes. They, they he tore a dozen of them apart and found out that the really cheap ones there's no uh, shielding between the high voltage and low voltage. That's probably not a good thing. Yeah, and and it's it's the what the 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 man, the manufacturing wasn't very good. The wires weren't weren't like straight. Right, and he opened the you know, opens up the Apple one, and it's beautiful on the inside. Right, <laughs> and so okay, yeah, it's twenty bucks. Maybe that's a little expensive, you think for for a phone charger, but it's it's not going to kill you. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, yeah and that's uh, why. That, actually, there, there was a problem with counterfeit chargers. Somebody did die, um, although yep. they 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 answered the phone in the bathroom while they were wet from the shower. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, so Apple had a had a replacement program where if you had a a third party counterfeit Apple charger, you could get a free Apple charger. That was nice. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I've I've seen. I have purchased one or two um, third party chargers. Uh, one of them worked quite well, and a couple of others just were mm-hmm. junk. Yeah, it's like you got to throw away the ones that are too cheap and the ones that are too expensive, and get the ones in the middle of the road. Yeah, right. Uh, you're always best going with a name brand, and and super best going with the same brand yeah. as your computer because um, uh, partially it's it's you know they've got a name to keep clean, right? Yeah. So they're going to make good chargers. And secondly, they know what they're doing. And third, if their charger, if you have a third-party charger and your Chromebook dies, they'll just point fingers at each other all day long. But if everything came from the same manufacturer, they have to take a certain amount of responsibility. Yep. If there's a problem that's that's obviously relatable to the... And and if, if, if your computer and charger are from two different companies, they can each blame the other one for the problem? That's my point. And then yeah, it's, no, it's, nobody fixes it? Right, exactly, exactly. In yeah. the long run, nobody fixes it. So, um, 
and, and you know, it, again, let me just remind you that if you have a laptop, get, if you're buying a laptop, buy a warranty. If you're buying a laptop, buy a warranty. Uh, I suppose if you're buying a laptop to just sit on a desk and never move, it's it's yeah. less important. But if you ever, ever pick it up off that desk and move it around, get in a warranty. I had a, I had a customer yesterday looking to replace their laptop and and. So, well, do you move it anywhere? Because, you know, Mac Mini is a great little computer to plug into your two monitors and big mouse and, you right, know, and right. keyboard and mouse. No, we, we take it places down and then. All right, so we'll look at the laptops. <laughs> well, exactly. That's now how you have three works. monitors. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, that's a, big, uh, that's a big consideration when you're doing that. All right. That music tells us we are done for another week. I want to thank everybody who called in. Good discussions this week. Why are we listening to separate things? Okay, it doesn't matter. I want to thank Dave Enright. I want to thank Steve Ray. Your phone, Dave. Dave's... Okay, we're going to have to teach Dave how to do do not disturb. Uh, we don't care about Rob. Uh, but I want to tell him, we don't know where we are anymore. Listen, thanks a lot for watching the show. Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco. We'll be back in just 166 hours with a whole lot more sound bites right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Be good to one another, will you?